today on The Breakdown. It's the hand everyone's been clamoring for. Victor Isidore Blum makes a tough, interesting decision with everything on the line in the Party Poker Millions event in Germany for all the monies when he's heads up. We're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, this is the the latest hand to set the poker world on fire. Yeah, like this happened, I believe, as we're recording this a day and a half ago, and we've gotten how many suggestions already for it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight suggestions in a day and a half. That is very fast. That's yep. a lot. What's our record for suggestions? It was like something like 28 suggestions for some crazy hand that happened. Maybe well, there two was years the ago. Royal Flush hand, which was a lot. Yeah, there was the Adrian Mateos hand, I think, against Johnny Laden. Yeah, there's no way we got anything close to like 20, though, for that one. There was something we got 20-something for. Maybe one of the World Series hands was like that. I can't remember, man. I can't keep it up. It's too much. I know that that Royal Flush hand, though, at um, the PCA was one of our most requested We still don't know what the other guy had. We're never going to know. Everybody claims they know. They're like, I know a guy who knows, and it's always something different. It's crazy. Pocket eights, king ten, top set, uh, the second float, whatever. No one knows. Yep. Anyway, this hand was suggested by eight people, and those eight people are Who Isaac. are they? <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Oh, you're going to say? Isaac Carlisle, Chris French, Mark Testart, Carl, Max Sawyer, Thor, Toby Bentall, and Jack Stewart. You're telling me Brian with a Y did not suggest this? I didn't. I looked. I combed. I really thought he might have, but it's possible he was just complaining about us not giving credit last time he suggested it, yeah. which, of course, it did happen. Maybe we should just give him credit I for it. I feel like we're supposed to. Also suggested by Brian with a Y. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. How good must you feel if you're Brian with a Y? You just got like honorary suggester status. We could learn something from him about branding, I think. You know? We we did the branding, but yes. No, but he his brand is completely associated with quality like yeah <laughs> brian with a y he's got it down yeah we don't have that no. how about this he may not have even suggested the hand and he's the only one we're talking about yep it's amazing mark testart we apologize yeah he's australian he is australian. that's the reason why i'm apologizing but don't because he's stuck on that island that that content of criminals they have not yet invented air travel or <laughs> sea travel <laughs> they're not swimming out of there buddy they're sharks <laughs> okay anyway sydney is beautiful <laughs> I've heard great things about Melbourne. I've never been for Melbourne. That's why you're supposed to say it, even though it feels weird. Oh, it's, it feels super weird. I felt like a, a fraud when I said it, but it, that's how people tell me to say it. I think you're perceived as a fraud. <laughs> I don't so, care. Okay. Well, then why do you care if you felt like one? Because it's different. I think you've been hoisted once again by your own petard. <laughs> Let's get to the hand because I feel bad for the listeners now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good for them. Okay. Um, so I suppose this event had a very deep structure because the current blind level is one that you very rarely see in this heads up match. 7 million, 14 million. Oh, that's great. Weird, weird Weird blind level. We, we played a tournament uh, where there was a 714 level. Was it was it the last Chinook main? I think it was maybe? like three or four of those okay. ago when they completely bungled the structure because <laughs> it went 501k, 612, 714, 816, 918, wow. 1k, 2k, and then from there it went to 2k, 4k. That is... No. Yes. That is so weird. It really happened. That is just bizarre. Yeah. They changed okay. it after that because yeah. that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. 
Anyway, let's get to this hand. We are heads up, and the stacks are very similar here. Isildur, or Victor Blom, has 522 million at the 7 million, 14 million level. Hard to do math on the 14 million big blind. Um, you know, it's like 30 some odd blinds, though, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, how much is, how much, how many? 522. Blinds? 522. So he's got like 40 blinds, a little less, 30 yeah. some odd blinds. And his opponent, I'm probably going to bungle the name of Pavel Plesov. You didn't bungle that at all. Thanks. Has 470 million. Okay. So he's the effective stack. Yeah. But they're very close. Yes. All but right. So we're looking at like 34 blinds effective, give or take. Yes. Okay. All right, so Blom is going to open the button. He's got King of Hearts, Six of Diamonds, makes it $35 million, um, which is, you know, just a min plus-ish type raise. Two and a half X. Yeah, two and a half X, right? Uh, we'll see throughout this hand that Blom's sizing is a bit bigger than most pros these days, mm. uh, but he's always had a bit of a different style, obviously. But no question. Does, does everybody know who this guy is? Let's take a moment. All right, All right so... Isildur won, for those who don't know. He took the poker world by storm in, what, maybe 2009? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Like He was, he started becoming an internet sensation after Tom Dwan had already become an internet sensation. But he kind of came in and challenged all the big boys, and nobody knew who he was. He was completely anonymous, but he was buying in for a million dollars in these huge PLO games. And like winning... At first, he was just winning. Mm-hmm. Like He won like $8 million in a month, and then... He proceeded to, for the next couple of years, just win or lose $4 million like every week. Yeah, he was often the biggest winner, the biggest loser of the week. Yeah. Every, like, always going to be one or the other. Right. And uh, the famously, Brian Hastings was accused of, like, kind of doing something slightly unethical against him when he took $4 million off of him in one session. Although I don't agree with the, the detractors. I don't think it's unethical in the least, personally. But he um, met with... Um What's the guy's name? I don't know. So He's the guy who made, who made the call against Patrick Antonius way back when on the party poker cash game that we did a breakdown on. Brian oh, Townsend. Brian Townsend. Townsend. Okay. The two, so they, the two Brian's got They together. shared hand histories that they had against Isildur and created yeah. like a profile of sizing and stuff. And people, s- people thought that was unethical. I don't see how that's unethical at all. I don't, I don't think it's unethical. I think it might be unethical if Townsend was there with him and they were talking the hands through as they were being played. I don't even think that's unethical, but I think... The first one is like my uh, the second one at least is at least you could have a conversation about it being yeah. unethical. First thing is to me in no way unethical to come up with a strategy against a player, right? Like, using the data that you have that seems completely fine to me. Like, yeah. So anyway, but people were upset about it. Lots of people were. I think Ezeldor was as well. Yeah, but I don't even remember if that's true anymore. It's been too long. Anyway, that's the guy who took the poker world by storm, and he's still playing poker. You, I would if you were asking me in I don't know 2011 when he had had his major entrance to the scene and then gone up, down, up, down, up, down, lost his money a million times over. I would have guessed he would be out of poker by now. Oh, yeah. But he's not. Still here. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's the guy who opens the button with King 6 to 35 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pavel in the big button. I'm just going to call him Pavel. Has Queen 7 of Diamonds and he calls with his 470 million chip stack. Okay. Pot is 70 million. So there's no antis, I suppose. Flop is a little something for both players. Got the King of Diamonds, the Queen of Hearts, and the Nine of Hearts. So Pavel Plesov is going to check. Seems normal. Yeah. Blom is going to bet. Seems normal. Yeah. But he bets. I mean, it's not huge, but it just his sizing is slightly bigger than most people are making it these days. He bets 45 into 70 with his top pair. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's I, a little bit of a wet board, but sure. Is there an argument for checking, by the way? There's always an argument for checking. Yeah. But- your head's up. You flop pretty well. It's sort of a wet board. There are lots of bad cards, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was Jack, uh, King, Queen, Nine, right? Yeah, two, two hearts. hearts. So there's a lot of cards where you're going to either freeze the action or not know what to do. And 
trying to get value now seems fine against draws. And I would guess we're just betting and I don't even, I mean, the plan is probably not to fold. We're heads up, right? Unless this guy is super tight. We're up against. Yeah. I mean, it is crappy immediately if we get check raised, obviously. But but we're not betting to fold this hand. Like this is one of the better flops we can have when we're heads up. Right. We do also have the backdoor second nut flush draw, which is nice. Yeah. So the guy check raises us. We're going to be like, all right, I call. Okay. So it's fine. So now as Plessiv or Pavel, I don't know what to call him. I thought him. you were going to call him Pavel. I thought just... I was too, but I guess I lied to everybody, including myself. You know what? You really did bungle that. I did. Yeah. I think I need to take a moment, you know, um, kind of step away like Logan Paul for a second <laughs> after after <laughs> such a mistake. I think it's comparable anyway, what yeah. happened. Right. I agree. Um, all right. So I know you're going to meet me with immediate resistance, which you should. But is there an argument for anything but calling for Pavel here with the king, queen, nine flop? He's got queen, seven of diamonds. Um, it's hard to come up with an argument for anything else. It's super, super hard. Uh, if we think Vlom, Vlom, if Vlom, we think... Well, Victor Blom. So right, there you go. <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. Vlom, I'm going to call him that. If we think Vlom is, uh, is the kind of guy who's going to hero a lot because the board is so wet, we could decide to check race for value. But then we need to get called by a nine, basically. Right. It seems I think, like there's there's not enough there to call us. I think he has more hands that are beating us in his calling range, which are hero calls than those that are yeah. losing to us. Because it's just the nines, really. His queens are usually better than ours. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he's never going to... I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a great deal. We're certainly never going to fold this hand. No, of so course like folding's not. not. So the only question is, should we raise? feels like our hand is a nice smack right in the middle of reasonable value to call with. And you know, probably call on another street as well against this crazy dude. Maybe call all three streets. We'll see. Yeah, that seems like a legitimate plan. And it seems like kind of the only option. I just, I like to try to explore these spots. Oh, no, I, I think we should, uh, you know, definitely push some assumptions, you know, around and put them in the corner and show them, give them the what for. You know what I'm saying? Is that, what, no. What? What, what, are, what are you doing to the assumptions, man? The what for? You I, give them the. I feel like we should. You put them in the corner and you, you know what I mean? You just show them the, give them, give them the, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Everybody feels comfortable with that. Um, <laughs> anyway, Pavel agrees with, you know, standard poker thought here and decides to just call. Yeah. Good job, everyone. Good job, Pavel. And good job, you, for thinking about signing up for Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Through the poker guys, which is a really good idea. Wow, you're just believing that we were just questioning assumptions. You just made a pretty powerful assumption that they're well, already thinking about it before you've even done the. the I imagine the ad that's that they're thinking about it. Well, they are now that you said it. I guess. Well, so fair then enough. I guess it, I'm speaking it into existence, like Lavar Ball. It's about time. Yeah, um, you don't want to sign up through him though. You want to sign up through the poker guys. That's right. Lavar Ball doesn't need the help. No, he doesn't. <laughs> um, so if you want to sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, please use the link in the description of this podcast. That not only shows your support for this show and for all of the Poker Guys stuff that we do, it also affords you some luxuries, Jonathan. Ooh. Luxuriate at Nitrogen <laughs> Sports Poker Room as you sample the tournaments available to you presented by the Poker Guys. Mm, yes. There are wonderful tournaments available Yes, to you. tell them a little bit about it, Jonathan. If you were to look over here, for example, you'll see this <laughs> tournament, which happens at the end of every month or sometimes the very beginning of the next month, depending on when the Sunday is. Um, I think this one's actually going to happen at the beginning of March. It's all on Sundays, all at noon PST. Yes, and uh, you'll see... It is a scant 0.1 millibit buy-in, which these days is around like 11 bucks. Sorry, no, a dollar, a dollar yes. ten, and a hundred millibit 
guarantee a flowery hundred millibit guarantee. It's quite quite mm. something indeed. The bouquet is quite significant. You would need a thousand players for that to be a, a break even proposition. Let me tell you. We ain't getting a thousand players no. for this thing, guys. <laughs> no. Like I think we had sixty-five the first time. There were some issues with the second one. Lots of scheduling issues. There was a prize pool. Everything was an issue. We only had like twenty some odd people the second time. I think so. There's a, a huge overlay. It's really criminal not to get involved. You're making a mistake. You're going to jail if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so use the link in the description if you want access to that. There's a lot of other great benefits to nitrogen that I'm sure you've heard us talk about by now. Use the link. Check it out. You know, support the show. Yeah. Lightning fast withdrawals and deposits. Who doesn't want some of that? I want all of it. I know you do. And you know who else wants all of it? Isildur. Isildur 1. Vlom. <laughs> Vlom wants it all. And the turn is an indication of that. He plays differently than other people, man. Yeah. Um, so we got... The check call by Pavel on the flop with the king, queen, nine, two heart board. Uh, Pavel with queen, seven of diamonds. Uh, Blom with king, six. The tur- There's 160 million in the pot now, and the turn is the ace of diamonds, mm. which is significant for a bunch of reasons. Number one, uh, Blom should mostly hate this card. It's yeah. either going to kill his action or get him defeated yes. a lot of the time. It's a bad card. Uh, and Pavel picks up the now nut flush draw in diamonds because it's the king of diamonds on the board. Right. That's pretty sweet. He's got... Middle, middle pair and the nut flush draw. So everyone's got something. Right. So Pavel checks again. Mm-hmm. I don't see any argument against that play. Can't come up with one. All right. This is where it gets interesting. Victor Blom does not decide to check back. It seems like a super standard check back spot, right? It does to me. I would always check here, I think, without thinking much of it, which is good. Let's, let's examine why Victor Blom doesn't. All right. But in order to do, that, to do that, why don't you explain why you would always check here? Well, it sort of goes to what you were saying, which is it's a really scary card. If we were to bet, we're often going to fold out a lot of the worst hands, which we aren't interested in doing. Like a queen is going to struggle to call. Yeah, unless it's this queen, a queen yeah. X of diamonds hand. Of course, a queen yeah. with other equity might might call, but just your, your basic queen, it's a really bad spot, especially because if we bet here, we're going to have generally around a pot size bet left on the river. Um, it's really a brutal spot there. So if we're folding out pretty much all worse hands, at least a lot of the time, maybe a queen will decide to hero, right? But but conventionally, a queen is going to be in a tough, tough spot with a king and an ace on there and us betting twice. Maybe, maybe this is a reputation thing. Blom thinks he just has to get more value because he's a crazy guy. Okay, but you still also have to get called. Right. Is it possible he believes that Pavel will call with all of his pair and gut shot hands, like queen 10, queen jack, 9, 10, 9 jack? I don't think so. I mean, how much, how much does he actually bet? He bets pretty big, too. This is what this it is why makes I say, it yeah. even weirder. Right. He bets 105 into 160. So he's pricing out naked flush draws here. Oh, yeah. And really, if you have jack 9 and 10, 9... You're not really priced in either. Well, you're not priced in if you think you're behind. The yeah. point the point might be Blom is such a crazy guy. Like, you can call because you have showdown value and you can improve. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, the problem with, with hands like Jack 9 and 10 9 is if you improve, you can almost never get value unless Blom decides to bluff, right? Yeah. Like, you're never going to be able to bet and get called. You would imagine anyway. Of course, anything's possible. But, but Blom might decide to bluff. Yeah, he might, actually. That's true. And actually, all those cards are cards he might bluff with. The problem is... Stacked a pot is such that we can't really be drawing at all anymore, right? Like, we have to have a pretty solid hand to call. I think we just have to. Well, we, we have just, I think we have just enough hand where we really can't do anything but call, right? Oh, as Pavel? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but I want to point something out that we have failed to bring up so far, mm. and that is the prize structure that's going on here. And it may yes. play into some of these decisions. Yes. So it was a 1 million euro guaranteed first prize. 
surprised, but I guess party poker allowed for them to make a deal anyway. Um, and they did once they were heads up third place, got 400 K Euro and they made a deal making the difference between them 100 K instead of 400 K. It was going to go 400, 601 million. Uh, but instead it's 750, 850. Right. So they both locked up 750. They're just playing for a hundred K. Yeah. Which when you've already locked up 750, doesn't feel like a huge amount of money, even though of course it is. Right. It just feels like cool. Especially for Victor Blom, by the way, which doesn't feel like a lot of money. Right. <laughs> for him, this may just feel like it's just, it's just a big cash game yeah. now for me. Whatever. Right. For him, this might feel like how we feel at like the final table of you know a medium-sized local tournament. Right. You know, like for us. <laughs> maybe not medium. Yeah. Maybe slightly bigger. Yeah, large. Like, but like a big local tournament, yeah. not, like a, not like a big tournament. Like a big $500 buy-in tournament. Right. Yeah. Maybe like that. Okay, so... Like, it would be nice, but it doesn't change anything. All right, so that may factor into everything. Maybe Blom thinks he can get heroed more. Maybe right. Pavel's more likely to make these high-variance plays. Yes. Playing on Blom's reputation yes. because of the situation. I think that's fair, actually. And you know what? If Now that we're talking about this prize setup and structure, it's possible you do feel more obligated to call with a hand like 9-10 or Jack-9 or something like that because the downside isn't as bad. Right. And you think Victor might just be messing around a lot because what does he care anyway? Right. Yeah. He's going to play like an insane person now. You maybe you just have to hold on with one pair. So Victor knows this and also thinks to himself, well, that ace isn't as bad as it looks for me. Right. Because oftentimes Pavel over there is going to three bet an ace. Yeah. Against crazy Victor Blom when it's okay to go with ace eight because the hu- there's not such a yeah. huge difference in, in the prize. He might go with all aces for all we yeah. know. It's possible. Yeah. Victor Blom may be assuming that Pavel's three betting all aces. Like he's just going to three bet shove bad aces and three bet not shove better yeah. races, at least some of them and stuff like that. Right that's now a that's, pretty, that's a be, bit of an assumption. That's a that bit that, of an assumption, but it helps us justify Blom's bet. It does. But at the same point, Oh, maybe then he can also say to himself, Pavel, if Pavel's thinking like game theory wise about this kind of stuff may say to himself, well, this is one of the better hands I have when I have a queen now, instead of like, it's so far down in my distribution. If I don't have right. any aces, like a, a hands that can call Blom, like jump up the distribution much more so. Like All right. the nines and queens specifically. I want to explore something else a little bit. Um, right. I know we've just talked a lot about how Pavel may be reading into Blom's reputation and that may justify Blom's bet a little bit. Does Pavel really have any aces in his range that aren't flush draws? Does he have naked aces? Does he have like ace three if he decided to just call pre with like ace three of spades? Did he call the flop? I think that? it's it's at least possible. Yeah. It's okay. Victor Blom. I, th- I don't think you can automatically fold ace high every time. But it's king, queen, nine, yeah, yeah. all hearts. Like, if there's going to be a board... Hearts. No, two hearts, sorry. Yeah. yeah, if there's going to be a board that you're going to fold ace, three of spades on to, against a crazy guy, that's a pretty good board. I agree. I agree. If you feel like he's doing this with any two, you might just feel obligated to call once. If you see him sometimes shut down on the turn. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to shut down too often. He's Victor freaking Blom, man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I probably... this, And then maybe this goes back to why... Actually, ace three is probably a three bet more than a call. Yeah. Because you're just like, I'm just going to, it's going to be so hard to actually win with this hand. Yeah, absolutely. If an ace flops, he bets I call. He's probably not going to bet again anyway. You know, that's where, that's probably where he does shut down. Like, it's really hard to win. But so I'm just going to take the money that's out in front of me by making a three bet that's big enough that I'm committed to the pot. Right. So Blom may have calculated all of this and really assume one, that Pavel does not have many, if any, aces in his range here. And two, 
that he can get value from worse hands because of the prize restructuring and his reputation. Yeah. Another thing to go along with this, too, is so Blom's been playing Pavel heads up for some amount of time now. Yeah. So he may know that Pavel's been three-bet shoving 34 blind stacks and stuff like that. You know, That's so, possible. So and if he's been doing it a fair amount, then Blom can say, well, he's doing it. It's pretty obvious he's doing it with aces, right? Also, they may, there may be a stream where this, you know, he's getting the information 30 minutes later. And true. actually know he's doing this with aces. That's true. And if he has any of that kind of information, that really changes this dynamic, too. It still is tough to get value, though, that's, when you bet. That's my bigger concern than being beat. My bigger concern is, can I get value here? Yeah. Which I guess Blom knows that he can, although it's not like a situation-dependent thing that he's getting value here. Everybody's calling with the queen seven of diamonds here. Of course. At least calling. Some people might decide to raise. Yeah, you may just say, there's a pot left. I'm just going to move in so I don't screw this up. And yeah. also, this way I get paid if a diamond comes. And sometimes I'll fold out a better hand. I'm curious to know if Pavel would have called with the queen seven of spades. You know, like, I want to know if yeah, that is that's, the that's case. The, that's, I mean, if he wouldn't, then this is a bad bet by Blom. I agree completely. If he would, then it's at least it's at least something to consider. I don't know if it's enough. Like, just calling with queens, I don't know if that's enough to make this a good bet if we're folding out everything else. Like, if we can't get called by any nines, I'm not sure if this is a good bet. I agree. I just We just have no way of knowing, I suppose. We could also be up against a king. Yeah. But we're not trying to fold out a king. We're no, not we're trying not. to fold out a chop as Victor. No, Paul, we're right? definitely not. We're That's betting not for value. Idea. Yeah. This is a value bet for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, give Blom credit, maybe, since he knows his reputation, sees the situation, feels like he can get value, or he's just a crazy person who bets all the time and thinks, well, in my distribution, this is still pretty good, so I'm betting because I always bet. Yeah. I, um, I don't really know his true stats, like if he's positive or, or negative in those giant cash games online in the end yeah. or not. But... I, I honestly don't know what to think about Victor Blom as far as if he actually is like an elite player or if he's just a crazy guy who has rich parents. Like, I don't really know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think he's probably a little bit of both. He's yeah. probably very good, but he may be playing in games and stakes that are actually a little overwhelming for him, but he doesn't care. Yeah. You know, also poke the nature of poker is that he may have been the best player in the world in 2011. Yeah. And now he may really not be, but be playing with people who are better than him. Or vice versa, by the way. He might just be the best player in the world. Like, Yeah, it's possible right now know. he's the best player in the world. Yeah. I um, have no idea. The, the little things that I've seen of him, I'd be surprised if he was the best player in the world. But I don't have a lot of data. Are you thinking back to that World Series of Poker Europan where I he sure just am. went completely bananas with King Deuce? Against from, an amateur. For basically was, no reason. For yeah. no reason at all. Yeah. It was really bizarre. And he just was out like that. And yep. it was just weird and made no sense. Right. But that is a long time ago, too. Yeah. Um, I met I, well at that time. GTO wasn't really a thing. I I imagine Victor Blom is not much of a GTO guy still, but maybe he's adopted it. I he don't might know. be. He might be. It's possible. Just a curiosity. Um, all right. So Pavel does call, which seems like pretty much reasonable. Reasonable. You could you could move in, but you could. But at the same point, there isn't a whole lot of value. In no, I mean calling you keep the bluffs alive. Here, I mean there actually is a little bit of value because if you move in right here, you probably are going to fold out Victor Blom's yeah. king, but. You're not that's putting, all you're hoping to do. That, that's, a, that's a crazy thing to be reaching for, it seems, right? Let's talk a little bit, by the way, from uh, Pavel's perspective of what it looks like Blom has when he yeah. bets twice here. Because we, had, we didn't really address that. We've been addressing everything from Blom's perspective so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Blom bets again, what, what are your immediate thoughts as Pavel? I mean, he's looking polarized even though he isn't, right? But I yeah. would think he's polarized. I think this guy's got at least top pair or he's got air. Yep. And air can be a, a semi-bluff. Yeah. But 
It's a draw. It could, be, but I think it could absolutely be air. Also, it could be four or five or something like that. It's Victor freaking Blom. Do we think that? And I know this is going to be hard to answer, but do we think as Pavel that if Blom had the naked flush draw of either diamonds or hearts, that he would continue betting here, or he would try to realize his equity by checking? My guess is that Victor Blom bets enough that he feels that he has to bet his draws here. Okay, so if he has the four or five of diamonds or hearts, uh, I think especially his non-showdownable things, he's okay. going to be betting. Because you only get there twenty percent of the time, I, right. I can't imagine he's going to check back those. If he has a pair along with it, maybe he's betting, maybe he isn't. Yeah. Um, and as Pavel, by the way, we this is kind of to Victor's credit. As Pavel, by the way, we expect Blom to bet this card every time. Yeah. He has all of the aces in his range, and Pavel has very few. We think. Yeah. So it's a huge range advantage for Blom at this point. Right. So he's betting his range advantage. His hand is the question that we're going to keep bumping up, and I don't know if we're going to be. I don't think we're going to be able to answer it. Is, but is it a good idea to to push your range advantage when you actually have a pretty good hand? Yeah, and you might fold out all the slightly worse ones. That's that seems questionable. Yeah, range advantage is something we talk about a lot recently on this podcast and in our videos. But just because you have a range advantage doesn't mean you have to take an aggressive action. There are parts of your distri- are of your distribution that play better as checks when you have a range advantage. Absolutely, and this seems like a traditional part of the range like that right and if if we get bet into on the river we're going to call most of the time depending on the river and if it gets checked to us we're often going to bet for value i don't know but again if we're this if we're the psycho man and we're known as the psycho man maybe we feel like this is a great way to get called by nines and queens since he thinks we're always going to bet an ace yeah you just have to be right otherwise this is a horrible play but anyway He's right because he gets called. He does get now called. he gets called by a hand that is always going to call. Yeah, a, a hand with equity against everything. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I definitely think we should not be moving in with this hand. I think we should just be calling, right? Yeah, we have showdown value, yeah. and we want to keep the bluffs alive. Mm-hmm. We want to give Blom a chance to blast off with four or five of spades. You know exactly. Like it's going to be uncomfortable on the river, but we well, must, unless we on. hit a diamond. Well, yeah, a diamond, a queen, or a seven. Yeah. But besides that, we may just have to hold on anyway, and that's fine. And a diamond, by the way, we might get paid a lot if a diamond comes and oh, Blom yeah. is bluffing because the diamonds are backdoor. Blom bet enough to fold out naked flush draws on the turn here. Yeah. So unless we have the queen of diamonds in our hand, we aren't calling the turn. Right. Right. So that's a good spot for Pavel. It is. Now, uh, the other thing you're saying paid a lot, like there's basically a pot size bet left at this point, right? What I mean is high frequency. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Great. Um, all right. So Pavel calls, and now the pot is going to be three hundred and seventy million. It's a big pot. Pavel's got two hundred ninety nine million left. Yeah, like I said, pot size. Hey, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about some other numbers before we get to seventeen. Seventeen's a good number. I like yeah, seventeen. Are you gonna talk about that one? Uh, no. Oh. No, I don't oh. actually. I'm not going really to talk about interested. numbers. I'm actually. not really interested then. Uh, never mind numbers. I'm just going to talk about Dash Digital Cash. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, which, you know, often has a number assigned to it as a value. <laughs> <laughs> That's really well said. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dash Digital Cash is a cryptocurrency, and it is a really cool cryptocurrency. Now, for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, uh, we have made a video that outlines the benefits of cryptocurrency, and then which is it goes slightly in depth on crypto if you ha- if you don't know a lot, and then we really get into what makes Dash special. Yeah, and there are some really cool things about Dash. It's also only like a five minute video, so you ain't gonna fall asleep or anything. We have some some jokes in there. It's a wonderful thing, but we also get into some of the key points, like Grant is saying. The two biggest points, in my opinion, although maybe you disagree, Grant are that Dash has instantaneous transactions. So other cryptos, while being wonderful in a lot of ways, where it's like 30-minute or 20-minute or 10-minute, this is like one to four-second transactions. Yeah, it's and it costs 10 cents for the one to four-second transaction. It actually costs one cent for the one to four-ten for, for those transactions. Okay. It's only a penny. Right, but there is something called instant send, yeah. which 
transacts in the same amount of time. It just makes the dash instantly usable Correct. once you receive it. Otherwise, you have to wait about six minutes for, for it to become spendable. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, but even the, so even like the fast one where you can use the money right away instead of waiting six minutes, it's 10 cents, no matter how much you send. But otherwise, it's one cent, and it's, and it's literally like one to three seconds. It's crazy how fast it is. Right. But I want to talk a little bit more about the importance of instant send and why that's an important feature that Dash has. Sure. Let's get into it. Because it's a unique it. feature to Dash as far as I know. I think so. I'm not sure. Where you can immediately spend it faster than anybody could spend something that was sent to them on a credit card or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is key for potential mercantile adoption of Dash. Because this means that merchants can immediately turn that into cash and or or reroute it somewhere else, and they know the money is theirs, and they don't have to wait six minutes before they can let the person leave their store. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big, big deal for sure. It's great. Yeah, which makes us think that Dash could be adopted for POS systems and stuff like that. They've already begun trying to do stuff like that. Yeah, when, when Grant says POS, he means point of service. Point of, of service, yeah, yeah, like in grocery stores. So this means, yeah, that Dash has got a, a chance to actually be like a worldwide currency that is used to buy everything, which right. would really change the game in a lot of ways. And there's a ton of information on Dash out there. I strongly encourage you to do some research on it because it's a really cr- cool cryptocurrency with a cool community surrounding it. We didn't even get into the Dash treasury, which is fascinating. Yep. You should really check it out. It's just a, a great thing to learn about. Yeah, check out our video if you want to know more and uh, look into it yourself. Yep. Great. All right. So back to the hand... Um, we've got a ton of money in the pot here. We've got 344 million. No, 370 million in the pot. Blom has 344 million and Pavel has 299 million. Yep. The river is the five of hearts. So the board now is king, queen, nine with two hearts and one diamond. Turn was the ace of diamonds. River's the five of hearts completing the flopped flush draw. Yeah. So Pavel still has his pair of queens. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess he disagrees with us about how to play this against Victor Blom because what we would do would be check. And when Victor probably bets like most of the time, ultimately make a decision like based on what we think. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Victor's hand, I would expect him to check this back in reality, but, but I hear what you're saying. Like Victor's going to check back one pair now when the hearts come in. Yeah. You would check. You would think so. Yeah. Pavel instead decides to move in, which has to be as a bluff, right? Can I just say, I can't believe how much I hate this play. Okay. Explain. I can't believe it. How much I need to go to like some management classes of some sort to learn about, you know, managing people. But, right. um, but yeah, no, I think this is like horrific. Okay. We called on the turn, right? Sure did. Why did we call on the turn? We couldn't have called just to hope to improve. There's the, imp- there's not enough there. Like it was too expensive to do it just to hope to improve with the implied odds being what they were there. Were, Cause we had less than a pot size left. Yeah. So by moving in, Pavel is basically saying, I think I was behind on the turn, and now I have to bluff? That seems absurd. Most of the cards that come in on the river are going to be hard to get paid off, and when you call with queen seven on the turn, like if the queen pairs, the seven you can get paid off. When the queen pairs, if Blom has absolutely nothing, you can get paid. Yeah. But um, but everything, like he's going to check back a king, he's going to check back an ace, he's going to check back a lot of things, right? He's going to check back all showdownable hands. Um, if diamonds come in, it's possible. Blom will just check it back rather than get crazy because it's only a pot size bet left. Yeah, what are we that, doing here? Well, okay, I, I'll try a defense. Although okay. I do agree with your points that we should probably be playing this as a check, figure it out spot. Yeah. Um, Pavel thinks if I had hearts in my range, it, which I do, yeah. like I have hearts in my range for sure. No doubt. No doubt. If well, I actually had hearts here. Okay, some hearts. Yeah, some hearts. Okay. 
because Bob's spending so much, he can't have all the hearts in his range, but he no. can have some. Go he on. can have some. But if I had hearts and Blom had a one pair hand, like aces, like ace 10 or something like that, mm-hmm. he's probably going to check back a hand like that. So in order, oh, yeah. in order to get paid, I have to move in. Right. So he's trying to rep hearts by saying essentially like, I know you're checking back your one pair and sometimes even your two pair hands if I check. So I have to move in because otherwise right. I can't get paid. Right. So he's repping hearts in a way that makes some sense. Agreed. And that's all he's repping, by the way. I want to be clear about that. He's not doing this with two pair or something like that. Great. Okay. Okay. So why are we turning our hand into a bluff? I'm just saying what he's repping. No, I understand that. But you were saying you were going to try and defend it. And now that, you're just, that was my, you're just defending. You're saying, cause if he had, if he was turning his hand into a bluff, yeah. this would be a reasonable way to do it. But why would he choose to do that when he actually has showdownable value against insane Victor Blom? Maybe he thinks, well, here's a problem with what I'm about to say is that Blom has hearts in his range as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> Maybe he thinks it's a just-in-case play. Like, in case Blom has an ace or a king, like, I'm going to fold those out. Like, he's going to have to fold those. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And Blom can only call me with hearts now. Like, maybe he thinks that. But what about all the times Blom has five high? Yeah, then we miss out on that value. <laughs> I mean, I, I think what's really going on is Pavel thinks, I can't call if I check. I'm going to check. Blom's going to move in so much. Turns out Blom isn't going to move in with this hand, I don't think. He's probably just going to check I'd be back. shocked if he did anything but check. But Blom's going to move in with his hands that are beating me and the hands that I'm, and I'm beating, and I'm not, not going to be able to call. So I'm going to, I'm going to move in instead, so I, don't have to, so I put the decision on him. It's not my problem. I mean, it feels like that's the only possible reason to move in is I don't want to deal with checking and having him move in on me, even though my hand sort of demands that that's the way to play this. Okay. All that said, this is going to work perfectly, right? Like, Blom yes. has a one bit better hand, and he can't call us. This is going to work amazingly well. <laughs> There's yeah. no doubt about it. Right. Well, is there? Because well, Isildur there. Vlom goes into the serious tank. Yeah. Minutes and minutes in the tank here. He's not Hollywooding. Yeah. So what is he thinking about? Maybe that scene from True Detective when Matthew McConaughey sits down with the, the woman in the interrogation room and says, I think you should kill yourself. Because that's a great scene. He might be thinking about that. I'm just, you, okay. I mean, it's hard to know what he's thinking about, but that would be my first All right, let's guess. go with more, right. more poker-related. Oh, poker. Yeah. Poker-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Poker-related right. thoughts. Well, the, I think the thing which has first got to be on his mind is he has the king of hearts, and he's bet so much on the flop on the turn that it's really hard for naked hearts to be out there that don't have a pair. Right. Especially considering his turn bet sizing, there are very few heart combinations that Blom is putting his opponent on, and we think Pavel is only doing this for value with hearts, right? Yes. Yes. And that's, that's an accurate thought for pretty much any player. Mm-hmm. That hearts are going to be their only value here based on the size of this bet and the way it's played out. Yeah. So, all right, let's think about what are the, what are the heart combos that it's possible for Pavel to have? I think the ace-x of hearts, if he's not three-betting all his aces... That's a key question we have to ask ourselves. That is right. If, if he's three-betting all his aces and we can remove the ace-x of hearts, now it's hard to come up with any hearts he can have, right? Yep. Is there gut shot hearts he can have on the flop? Nope. Because he's on the turn, he's going to be forced to fold He's going to have to fold 8, 10 of hearts in the turn, right? Or he's going to move in with it. He's not going to call with it, right? The one combo that stands out to me is jack 10 of hearts. He flops the nuts with the flush redraw, and he just doesn't want to make Victor go away. He might check-raise the turn all in when the ace comes and Victor bets. But like I was saying on the turn, we know Victor Blom is a crazy guy, and he's always betting that card. Cool, but if, if if we think... When we actually have Jack-10 of hearts there, aren't we often going to... Well, no, I guess I guess we're trying to... It's weird, because either we want to give him a chance to 
bet for like we're gonna fold out an ace if yeah. we move in. So moving in with Jack Ten of Hearts isn't super great. And if Victor has a much better hand than that, like a hand that he can actually call us with, he can probably move us in anyway. Yeah. So what's the maybe this is another reason what thing that's going through Victor's head is what hand would would he even do this with hearts? Because I'm gonna fold an ace. Yeah. Why would he do this? Maybe. Like, isn't he afraid he's just going to fold out my one pair of hands when he makes his flush? And I'm crazy guy Victor Blum, who's going to rep the heart for sure? Well, <laughs> if, I don't a, ha- if I don't have one pair. Here's another thing that you brought up briefly. The color commentator was doing a great job of talking yeah. about Victor's thought process here. The play-by-play guy was completely crapping the bed on it, but whatever. He, he was saying, like, what Victor was... The play-by-play guy was saying stuff like, Victor's thinking that if Pavel had an ace, he would have check-raised the turn, which is, like, a ridiculous thing to say, of yeah. course. But the color commentator, who's probably some good pro, was saying, like, Blom is thinking about this because he has the king of hearts in his hand. The king of the king X of hearts are really the only heart combos that make perfect sense for Pavel to play this way. Right. Because he has showdown value on the turn. He's fine with just calling with his showdown value. And then he moves in on the river because he doesn't think he, he can get another bet out of Victor. Yeah, if you're Victor, you might think any nut flush, that and thing that ends up being the nut flush, often you're going to get three bet on the preflop. You're going to get raised on the flop, and he may not move in on the river. Yeah. He might check the river to give me a chance to do it because he's blocking hearts and I'm crazy guy Victor Blum. Like, doesn't he want to trap? Right. Like, this is a great card actually for Victor, not not for Victor's actual hand, but if Victor does have the four or five of spades or something like that or two diamonds himself, right. he may feel just obligated to rep it because he can have hearts himself. Yep. So you may just like you may just want to check all your heart. You may just check all your strong value here on the river. So from Victor's point of view, the only street that makes sense, some at least. That, that clearly makes sense is the turn with the ace of hearts, right? Yeah. Where he just calls. Everything else, it's like, he might not play it like this, man. Right. But the king X of hearts kind of makes sense all the way through. Except we have the king of hearts in our hand. Exactly. So, Which is... Right. Yeah. Of course. Of course, the king X of hearts makes sense. Yeah. But now, since he can't have the king X of hearts, we think the ace X of hearts is fishy as heck. Yeah. I think when, when I was left? watching this video, I was just thinking like, the one combo, combo I'm super worried about is jack 10 of hearts. That's the one combo I'm worried about, even though he might not want to move in and, and get Victor yeah. off of whatever but he's it, got. But he might have He it. might do that. He could yeah. have it. He calls pre, he flops the nuts. He doesn't want to scare us. He turns an ace, and he may think like, well, it's Victor. I'm just going to let him keep firing. It's fine. The heart comes on the river, and, and, he, thinks, like, and he thinks like Victor's going to check back all his one pair, so I'll move in, but Victor's going to fold his one pair, don't you think? Well, maybe he just thinks it's more frequent that Victor calls with his one pair hands than actually moves in on the heart. He's right. afraid that the heart's going to kill his value. Yeah. Okay. But that's one combo that we're talking about. Yeah, there. so you can't be too worried about if, it. If the king X of hearts was out there, that's a bunch of combos because oh, yeah. it obviously goes down to king deuce of hearts because it's heads up and nope. you just call it a big blind. You no know? question. I mean, if the ace X of hearts made sense, there's a lot more of those too. There's a lot more of everything. Of course, there's one combo of jack ten of hearts. I don't think we should be too worried about that. Also, he could very reasonably have three, or sorry, raise the jack ten of hearts at any point earlier. He didn't. Yeah. If he has it, right? But... That's also a thing which makes that a little bit fishy anyway. Right. He might have check-raised the flop. He might have check-raised the turn. He might not move in on the river. He might check-raise the flop with the king X of hearts and just be like, let's go, Victor. Yeah. That, that could all happen also. Yeah, so. like, even if you have me, I've got outs, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's not unreasonable. Right. So, okay, ultimately, I think I agree that this is not a great representation of a strong hand. And then Victor having the king of hearts on top of it makes this worthy of consideration. I think if Victor had king of spades, six of diamonds... He might have to really just not tank at all and fold. You Even know? though it do, you're like, does it really make sense? I mean, the King X of Hearts does make sense. That's it, though, right? 
uh, okay, I probably have to fold. But, but we can eliminate all of those combos. Yeah, but there's another side to this that we haven't even considered yet. What are the bluffs? It's weird that Pavel is bluffing with a queen, right? Yeah. And so we're thinking, Super weird. okay, so the bluffs are diamonds, but no, because what diamonds does he have besides a queen X of diamonds? Yeah, it's hard to come up with any. It's really hard to come up with bluffs. Yeah. Queen X of diamonds. I mean, there's no way Victor sat there and thought all this through and also came to. So if he's got value, it's like the jack 10 of hearts are really weirdly played ace X of hearts, or he's got queen X of diamonds. And I mean, that's what it. else could it be, though? I'm just saying from Victor's point of view, that's just nuts to be able yeah. to like get that granular with it if, in the moment if he really did that. But yeah. he thought for minutes, so maybe he did. He thought for a very long time he was tortured. He like almost folded a bunch of times. Mm. But yeah, like what are the bluffs? It, it ha- he has to be turning a queen into a bluff. Okay, the flop was king. <laughs> just got to really king, queen, nine. Yep. We can't have ace, 10 because we wouldn't turn that into a bluff. No. Also, we might have re-raised that pre. Yep. Can't really have a... It's so hard to come up with anything. What was the turn? It was the Ace of Diamonds. Right. This doesn't make it... Yeah, I don't know what bluffs there are, except Queen X of Diamonds. That's messed up. That's messed up, bro. Maybe this play is good by Pavel because he recognizes that. Maybe Pavel recognizes, I can't have a bluff here. Right. It's impossible. I have to have showdownable hand here. Like, right. So what, why would I turn it? Yeah. And I'm not... And like... What's there to block? I mean, I guess I could have a heart in my hand, but yeah. why would I make a play with any heart in my hand? It's like hard for like me. Like with to... the ace of hearts, exactly. I would never do that. Right. So then it's like, what am I even, what's going on? Well, this is so weird. This might what's be the, a good play. What's the other heart? Is the nine, the nine of hearts? Uh, it is, yes. So we can have nine X of diamonds. Nine X of diamonds, yeah. Okay, so that actually now, if that's true, now we've suddenly come up with more bluffs than there are value. Nine X of diamonds should play similar to a queen X of diamonds, though. Exactly. So... Right, well, what I'm saying is we wouldn't expect those to play as shoves. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> those, are, those are hands you're supposed to let the crazy guy blast off against you with and like make yeah. a decision. Right. No, I agree, which is why this seems like such a bad play. But you are correct. It's hard to come up with any actual bluffs. It's interesting how this game has evolved to the point where people are turning one pair and top pair sometimes into a bluff, and it really messes up the thinking. Yeah. Well, Blom, Blom figures something out, I guess, because he calls. Yeah. He figures out that Matthew McConaughey's year was, he's never going to replicate that. He won the, the Oscar and the Emmy. I mean, that's impossible to do again. I mean, when you have a year that is named the McConaissance, it's kind of hard to come back from that and do something better. He just went right back to like relative normal Matthew McConaughey-ness too. Doing super weird car commercials where it's like, <laughs> is this guy a murderer? What's happening? <laughs> How about the one where he just like, Falls backward into the pool for yeah. no actual reason in like a really nice Because suit. he owns a Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Victor Baum definitely is thinking about that. But he also thinks about this hand enough to make the call. Yep. He does. And it is an impressive call. And I think it's a... I think it's okay because he has the King of Hearts in his hand. Still, I worry about what the bluffs are. If we can come up with no bluffs, I'm not sure this is okay. Blom has to know that this guy is capable of turning those pairs into bluffs. Yes, he must have seen... He has to have seen this guy make some really weird bluffs on the river. Or just really weird bluffs, period. I guess if you've seen that, then you can can make this call. Because you think, like, I have the King of Hearts. Like, what's he supposed to have for value? He doesn't have value. He doesn't have bluffs. He has more value than bluffs. He doesn't really have a whole lot of either one. But this guy's weird and does weird things. He can absolutely turn one pair into a bluff here because he doesn't want to be put in a weird position. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what's going on. But you have to be on. like, 
I guess if you're Victor Bond, maybe you say, eh, it's 100K also. Yeah, it's maybe fine. the prize pool restructuring is also in his mind, like, eh, you know. It's fine. There's also the hero equity. Yes, I was just thinking the that. The hero Look, equity. It's I mean, been a day and a half. We got how many requests? Eight, eight requests. Yeah, like, this is a thing. Yeah. And if he makes this fold, it, it's not going to be a thing, right? Right. So that's nice for him, because he doesn't really have any, like, things that he does crazy on TV that are amazing. They're usually just like, what did he just do? He's a crazy person, yep. you know? So this is like, wow. Right. I mean, you said earlier in this podcast, maybe he's the best player in the world right now, which, you know, wasn't you weren't saying it the way you usually mean that. Right. You're saying it's in the realm of possibilities, though, and I don't know if you would say that if you hadn't seen this. If we were making a list of the top of, of 200 people who could be the best player in the world, he's on the list, right? Yeah. I mean, that's meaningful. Right. Right, for sure. Well, so maybe it was the hero equity. I don't know. This is just such a super weird thing, mostly because Pavel's line is so crazy weird. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what to do with this hand because there's three decisions I don't really understand. And it's, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I don't understand Blom really betting the turn, even though we've talked about it. Yeah. I don't understand Pavel moving in, even though we've talked about it. And I'm not sure if this is a good play or not by Victor on the river. I'm really not sure if this is a good call. Even after all this talk, I'm not sure, Grant. It's hard to know. That's I like that. You know, I actually yeah. would I, I would like people who are st- who've made it all the way to the end of this podcast. Let us know what you think. Yeah. We always we always ask this for people in the uh, the videos and they write stuff down. But you podcast listeners, you you've gone this trip with us. You've done the deep dive. Which parts do you think are correct and which parts do you think are incorrect of what we've talked about? You know, like let us know, tweet at us, uh, whatever. Like I want to hear because I'm still a little bit befuddled here. Yep. Bamboozled. Grant. Yep. You asked that question, but for sure after this podcast comes out, Damon in San Diego is going to tweet a response that's like, makes sense with the question. You're yeah. going to be like, why did he tweet that? I, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that always happens. Yeah. Yeah. But if we get, if, if Damon, here's what you could do. Just say like re blom hand. And yeah. then I'll really know what you're talking about. Probably. Maybe. You know what? Live your life though. Yeah. You got to do it. You do you. I'm in San Diego. The weather's beautiful. So every day it's yeah. beautiful. Every day. All right, that's a cool hand. I'm glad we did it. Me too. All right. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break. But I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time.